0: And welcome back to the Transfer Portal podcast presented by No Context CFB. And today, there's still not that much news going on in college football. Jordan Addison has not gone to Texas or USC yet. So let's talk about something that is kind of interesting. Who doesn't do well enough? Obviously, every program has their their niche. Texas and Nebraska, for example, they're very historic. But right now, they're not at the top where they should be. Also, I probably should have introduced ourselves. My name's Andrew Wilson. Alongside me, Andrew, Doug, how are we doing? You doing all yeah. right, brother? You doing all
1: right. right. Doug, you, you can't do that to me, man. I was waiting for you to go, and then as soon as I go, then you go. You uh, I'm
2: sorry. In. I'm sorry. You go first.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, let's be honest. When we were talking last night and we were trying to come up for topics for this pod, I mean – the fact that we're even talking about this is truthfully by accident. The only reason why I feel like we're talking about this is because I brought up about how Brock Osweiler was talking about how, you know, how Arizona state's just not good enough in terms of everything, in terms of recruiting, in terms of winning, in terms of attendance. Uh, he believes that there's no reason why Arizona state isn't good enough. And I kind of just brought up the idea of, okay, so who are some programs that are not, you know, up to where they could be, you know, in terms of like maybe college town, in terms of uh, resources in the city, that sort of thing. But me and Lee, and we got into a shouting match last night because he kept on saying Texas. And I'm like, I can't compare Texas to Arizona state because we already know Texas is not good enough. Okay. But at the end of the day, they still get the top 10 recruiting classes. Like what, what can't you sell me on Austin? Like what can you sell me on Austin that you can't sell me on in terms of Tempe, Phoenix, Scottsdale? That's kind of been the inspiration of this thing.
0: Doug. That
2: was a really long intro. I'm doing well, by the way, everybody. I know it's been a long time that I've seen your faces outside of either Bortle or these one-off tier makers that I do or drafts. anyways it's good to be back and i do agree with your point andrew like certain programs can't be compared if we're talking about this topic because you're battling whether a program has all the resources and just flat out underachieves versus a program that should have a better infrastructure and just refuses to do something about it like arizona state falls in the ladder where they should be a powerhouse program not necessarily a powerhouse but they should be consistent like i like in them, to, they should be
1: Pac-12 contenders. Minimal.
0: And I liken least- them
2: to Penn State in a sense, is where they should be. Not necessarily competing for the Pac-12 every year, but they should be making the occasional New Year Six, um, competing for that high-end non-New Year Six ball games, occasional conference titles. But like their day they should be better than that. And what are they? They are a the team that has half their coaching staff fucking under I gotta stop. sorry um half the team that's under uh, investigation
1: explicit anyways
2: beautiful uh half their coaching staff under investigation slash suspended and that's just not good like you've had this thing over your head you've had a mass amount of transfers like Herm was brought in to professionalize this program that kind of stagnated under Todd Graham and he hasn't done that they've actually tried it backwards like the concerns that everybody had about Herm Edwards reared its ugly head, um, which is also funny because people had the opposite concerns about Kevin Sumlin, and he's arguably the worst coach in Pac-12 history. So, yeah, so um, I do agree with what you were saying, uh, Andrew, overall, in terms of can't really compare, likes so of Arizona State to Texas.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know Andrew was talking about what can you compare in Austin and Scottsdale. The first thing that came to my mind was sales tax, but I don't think high schools really care about sales tax to much of an extent. But yeah,
1: what's the sales does... tax? Uh, what's the sales tax in uh, in Arizona? It's eight point twenty five here in Texas.
0: Or there's some sort of tax that is like state, state income tax. Yeah, state income tax. That's what I'm talking about, not sales tax. I, sorry, to I'm thinking I don't know much I, about taxes. Fair, high Texas,
1: Texas actually does have among the highest sales taxes in this, in the country, and so income tax. yeah, exactly. I mean, government's gonna get their money back somehow. But we're not here for politics or economics. I mean, we're here to talk about football programs.
0: Five point six in Arizona, so it's actually lower in Arizona. But once again, who the heck cares about sales tax when you're a 17 year old? Football player. Yeah, your you're saving year old
1: $3. Player. You're saving like just a little less than $3 for every $100 you spend. I mean, that's kind of freaking it.
0: Yeah. But it, it does also build the, the question because Arizona, depending on what city, you're going to get a ton of NIL offers. And we could even be talking about pre NIL. Did you want to stick to that? Or are we I just mean, going to talk about the current landscape? Uh, here's the thing. I I think,
1: I I think, I mean, I think because we're kind of like still in the early stages of the NIL era, I think we kind of got to take both into consideration. Uh, I think Austin now is a, you know, I I think it is much easier to commit to Texas now than what it was five years ago, in my honest opinion, even before, even like when Tom Harmon was there, Uh, because now the athletes are allowed to make their own money. I mean, Austin is a city now. Like, first it was a city built around a university. Now it's a city that has a big university in the city. There's a difference. Google is now in Austin. Tesla is in Austin. We saw Bijan Robinson get his NIL deal with Lamborghini. We got so many massive, you know, we're getting so many massive companies moving to Austin that it's easy now to, to, for, for Texas to get these big name recruits. I I think it's easier. I think Texas is in the best situation right now because a Austin is a legit college town. It's a legit party town. It's, you know, I I ain't trying to sound sexist, but guess what? There are girls there. There are some hot girls over there. Uh, There's, there's business opportunities almost everywhere you look. Austin is essentially the city to be in, especially if you're a guy in your late teens or, early 20s this is there's almost legitimately no other city i think you'd rather be in than austin but in terms of like you know then it kind of goes back to the whole like tempe scottsdale like phoenix is a solidified city it's the it's the fifth largest city in america if i if i have that correctly it's like top six at worst and but arizona arizona state they don't do anything about it like I will say this about Arizona: the heat sucks. I mean, oh my gosh, I every time I turn on the news and I see 110 degrees in Phoenix or Tucson, I'm just like, nope, can't do it. It's dry,
2: so it's not as bad
1: as you think. Well, that's what I was, well, like that's another thing. I mean, I saw something. You know, we saw about how Fox is getting the rights to Texas Alabama for the Week Two game. But uh, that's going to be in Austin, and if it's going to be in Austin and if Fox has it, I will curse at Fox if they make this a big big noon kickoff game. Like, if it they is a big noon Fox, kickoff. It, uh, you know what? I will contact my grandfather in Mexico, and I will have him discover some Aztec curse because <laughs> this is unacceptable because have you guys been in Texas like early September? Middle day, like mm-hmm. what like 1, like 1 p.m. Like it's gonna be like 1 p.m. around halftime of that game. People are gonna be during dying. the
2: summer outside at like one. So wasn't a fan.
1: No, it's horrible. It sucks. Like even when I was like when I was playing football in high school, I absolutely dreaded two a days because we were in full pads around that one to two o'clock period. Absolutely freaking not. And just look, I actually like the night times here during the summer. I actually do, you know, it's still humid, but, it, but at least the weather's not too bad. The temperature's not too bad, but fucking hell, like Fox go, go jump off a cliff or do something, man. Like, like run your, like run your production trucks all the way deep into the hill country because making that a, a big noon kickoff in September, Texas heat, absolutely freaking not.
0: So can I just say Alabama and Texas? To be honest, should never be, with the exception of the Red River Rivalry. It should never, or sorry, Red River Shootout. What it, they they both it. work.
1: They both work out. It, yeah. it,
0: it should be the shootout, though. We we should never have to hear Red River Rivalry, even though it honestly kind of sounds better. But uh, it, Texas shouldn't be an 11 o'clock kick for me, central time zone. Alabama should never be an 11 o'clock kick. I don't care if they're playing New Mexico State, Alabama.
2: No, you got to burn those games out. You're not playing them at 3.30. Some some team has to take that 12 o'clock spot.
1: Only time I, I, just, I would consider that acceptable is like their week 13, week week 12 like FCS. Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason. Yeah. Because let's be honest, that is so late in the that is so late in the season, and at that point, we kind of already know what's going to happen in the SEC. That we don't care. Like even if it's a seven or six thirty p.m. game, we don't care.
0: Yeah, I, I guess you can save the hype for the following week, week, which would be rivalry week. But Texas Alabama is one of the most hyped up matchups going into the season. Why the heck is it going to be in the morning? I mean, people <clears throat> in the Pacific Time Zone have to wake up at. 8:30, 9 o'clock to watch one of the best college football games this year. That that And season. now Fox you know well, why Fox, Texas Fox and Oklahoma was... left for the SEC.
1: Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. I mean, big thing with Fox. I mean, it's been a huge topic. I mean, Fox took Penn State, Wisconsin, week one last season. It was one of the only matchups between two ranked teams. I think there was like one of like two or three that that actually had ranked matchups, and they put it at eleven. They put Wisconsin-Notre Dame at 11. They put Wisconsin-Michigan. I don't know what the hell Fox's fetish was with Wisconsin, even though we were terrible in the beginning of the season last season. But, you know, Fox – I mean, they put Nebraska-Oklahoma as a big noon kickoff. And that when I was a little indifferent, I was like, yeah, it probably should be an 11 o'clock game, but why the hell are we hyping it up for it to be on Fox? I I just – you know, and I, and I actually read something online today that this has potential to be the hottest game ever – in Austin ever recorded the hottest ever was against rice in 2011 and that was at 100 degrees
2: so as a person that actually took a weather studies course anything after day four is bunk when it comes to future forecasting so you're good for three days three to four days anything after that just wait till stuff comes the only time that's really not as bunk is, like, Hurricanes season, but that's mainly because you can see it from far out, but like I said, paths changed, but yeah, it may be 110, it may be 90 or something, but yeah, uh, it's way too soon to be judging that. Um, but yeah, no, like, I don't fault Fox for putting the games at noon, because Big Noon's actually, like, been, like, a boom for them, like, ratings-wise. I just wish... That they'd probably put more teams not in the south. Like i like, like Big Noon. I think you should reserve for Big Ten games mainly because you put Big like, Twelve if games. It was, Like if
1: it was like if it was like the Auburn Penn State game last season that was in Happy Valley that that I think that I think actually works.
2: It's like for safety. Like that's another thing you're talking about. Like the weather. But, like, you know how it is usually. But, in general, like, I'm not trying to see kids out there, 12 o'clock. One team's definitely wearing dark colors. Like, it's recipe for disaster. But, um, you yeah, know, like, I don't mind big noon as much. At, you think about it, right? 3.30, SEC territory. Saturday night game, flips all over. It's national. It's not really tied to – it's ESPN territory. So Fox, the only time slot they have is noon. And they made it their own. So I don't really blame them for having a big noon. It's just like the game choices outside of the game have been pretty bad for noon. So probably yeah, Red River because that's always been a new game too. So, yeah.
1: I feel like we've gotten completely, completely cut off topic. One second we're talking yeah. about programs that could be better. Next thing we're talking about, Texas weather. I mean, I feel like I'm the expert here out of among all three of us, but I am kind of already sick and tired of it because it's been hot as hell here the last couple of days.
0: Yeah. Uh, What I will say before we try and get back on topic, two things. The only reason we watch Fox is because we love college football and because of Gus Johnson. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, because I personally am blocked by one of the announcers. I'm not trying to say their name in
2: case they try to come on this pod. But yeah, Gus is the guy oh. that it's not Gus I'm blocked by, so we're good. But I just is Gus on Twitter, I don't know.
1: I feel like it's J.K.
2: No, it's not J.K.
1: Is it a Fox announcer though?
2: It is a Fox announcer. He does. He's a national guy. Um, but yeah, no, he blocked me because I was getting on his tweets about him making up sources and whatnot. But that's beside oh, the that that
1: point. Right, that's we'll a lot it of people. Camera, then
0: you gotta talk about off camera. Yeah. But, uh, let, let's go back to talking about programs.
1: Uh, so that's kind
0: of what we're here to do. Do any of you have one that you like really want to start with, or should we go off of my little list I have right here?
1: I mean, I kind of already said Arizona state. I mean, I've kind of, I feel like I've already dove in about as well as I could on that. I mean, uh, I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of people are going to say Texas a but my thing with Texas A&M and i am not saying this because we got people, we got a person from Texas a but it's like, I don't know what you want Texas A&M to be. I mean, they've I, I literally wrote a paper on this like a couple weeks ago saying how Texas A&M has the third best record in the SEC since 2018 since Jimbo's since Jimbo joined uh the Aggies. They they have a better record than LSU in that same span. And that's including LSU's 15 and 0 perfect season. Uh, and the only field that have the only two teams that have finished better than them in the SEC is Texas A&M and Alabama. And guess what? Those are the two teams that beats them in, in recruiting rankings every single season. So how much better do you truthfully want them to do? Uh, Mizzou, is, Mizzou is a program that I kind of feel like you could be better. Like they used to be better, like just over 10 years ago. Uh, Florida can almost get to that extent. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Napier hire. I'm not, you know, truthfully, I just don't know why they're just not better. Uh Andrew, I mean, Doug, what you got? Thank you.
2: So, like, so let me start off. So, Florida, Florida's for the most part, they've been pretty successful. Like, usually their new coach starts off pretty hot and then just te- teeters off. The infrastructure is there. It's just them, the new coaches maintain that momentum, which McElane hadn't. Muschamp hadn't. Uh, Mullen just completely cratered after a pretty good season last year. I mean, the year prior before this this past year. Um, so Florida, I'm not really worried about as much. Don't be fine. they will bounce back. Um, I mean, like I look at more so at the other two big Florida schools. I'm talking about, uh, Miami. Miami and Florida state Miami. Like you see that they're constantly now that the admin is finally bought in, they should be able to bounce back. Like in terms of having, uh, boosters, like work with the program versus boosters versus admin infighting, which kind of results in the strain processes and whatnot. So Miami should bounce back, but they won't be the powerhouse that they used to be. That was a uh, few.
1: Here's a serious question errors, on Miami. Go ahead. Does it, does it feel like it's somewhat hurts them that they do not have their own, that they do not have their own stadium? Yes. And
2: no um, pit the ACC and they don't have their own stadium. But at the same time, Pitt actually has a synergy with the yeah, Steelers, like they share the same practice facilities, like they use the same like medical resources, like so. Pitt has a synergy with the Steelers, so it's not really necessarily a bad thing for them. Also, I don't think Pitt's also like within the city, versus like Miami is just Miami is pretty much a, it's a sprawl exactly. Coral Gables. It's, it's the, also
1: it's also what is it like thirty minutes from the actual university to to, to yeah Hard Rock. Yeah, exactly.
2: So it's pretty far compared to the Orange Bowl which was within walking distance. Also Miami like people don't think realize it. it's a private school. So like they don't have that same alumni base, uh, alum base, but they have a lot of money that is actually coming towards them now and once the admin like finally bought into making football great again versus actively fighting it like it did for the past like four decades or so. Um they'll be fine, Miami will be fine. Uh, Florida State, um, they're fundraising for new facilities, but I'm don't not sure whether Mike Norvell is that guy. I'm just not sure whether they can be. It would
1: cost it would cost Florida State about fifteen million to buy him out right
2: now. I don't think they're going to buy him out. Like it, like so. The signs of progress are there. I just don't think it's enough to make him be that de facto coach. I think that they're going to wait till the buyout's low, and I think he's gone. But he's going to leave a lot cleaner foundation that Willie did. Than Jimbo did because Jimbo cratered Willie was just a mess. But Mike, Mike's going to be the cleanup guy for the next coach that comes in. And that's totally fine. But um, I don't expect much from Florida State anytime soon. Uh, that's going to be my program to really talk about. Oh, yeah. And then finally, sorry for walking up time. And and it's weird because they want to be Texas. And Texas also has this fetish for thinking that they're a bigger program than they are. Because Texas, for the most part, is not really a natty contender program. And it's keeping up with the Joneses when the Joneses actually don't have shit. <laughs> which is uh, funny. So A&M's right now is actually on a Texas trajectory in a good way. Like Mac Brown era, not necessarily wind and natty, but be in that um, New Year Six hunt, which for Jimbo, well, Jimbo's contract—it's probably not worth it. It's still pretty good return on investment. But then again, like, think about it: what top coach that's truly worth a contract pay? You have Kirby, you have Saban, you have um, Dabo, and that's it.
1: That's I mean, good, I mean. Yeah.
2: Because like I would have said Brian Kelly if he stayed at Notre Dame because he's made yeah, multiple no, playoffs. I
1: wouldn't, I, I wouldn't pay Brian. I mean,
2: but Notre Dame has like way more like restrictions, and he's taken them to playoffs, so I can't really like fault on it. But well, here's I mean, my thing
1: with here's my thing with A I mean, are you saying that? Because I'm a little confused with what you're saying with the and You know, it kind of like feels like what I just said about two minutes ago, which you said now is like somewhat contracting in terms of. You know, I think we can both agree that like AM is. I, I trust am's project right now much more than I trust Texas's project yeah and you know a lot of that goes into the fact that they finally beat out Alabama they finally beat out Georgia in the recruiting rankings mm-hmm. yeah now it's, now it's just a matter of like okay how does that look in two to three years uh, this is not the season that I expect am to take that that step front Agreed. in fact, I think this is a I think this is gonna be another season where am goes eight and four maybe seven five because they lost a ton a ton of defensive talent. Uh and Jimbo's gonna get absolutely clowned by by the media. It's like we kind of already know how this is gonna work out. But ain't but here's the thing: Jimbo could go five and seven, he can go four and eight, and he's still gonna be super safe. Like that dude, he's got among the safest jobs in the country, you know, yes. behind those behind those three guys that you said. But uh the thing with AM is like it's like you know, I'm trying to like go a little bit with the keeping up with the Joseph's type of thing, like both those programs, they're in terms of just recruiting and bringing in talent and in terms of facilities, because they both got beautiful facilities. In fact, a and they're going to construct new facilities. It's really bringing in the topic of like, how do I say it? Like, you know, they're, they're both doing everything that they can. And tech, they still, they got a top five class, 2023. For now we have yet to see exactly. He's, he's going to be an amazing offensive coordinator over there, but I think right now, the only way that Texas or Texas name could be better in terms of bringing in recruits is you literally still, you steal away from the other team. Yeah, no, like my whole point
2: wasn't necessarily focused on recruiting. I was saying that at least the fan base, what Texas A&M wants, like in terms of like results wise, is probably what Texas had during Mac Brown's peak.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, like a com- like continuous, uh, New Year six slash playoff burst, uh, occasional national title appearance, and honestly,
1: that that should be that should be like maximum, I guess that they should be happy with. I mean, because that is the maximum they should be happy with. I'm not I'm not expecting them to be playoff contenders. I'm not expecting them to be. But like, if they put out an Orange Bowl, remember they were in 2020. They were only one seat away from reaching the playoff and probably getting stopped by Alabama again. But they still made it to the Orange Bowl. They still beat UNC. If they went to the orange, like if they took a New Year's six bowl every season for like the next five years, they should absolutely take that at runaway. Cause I guarantee you it's been much better than what someone has someone had toward the end of his uh, tenure over there. And it would easily be almost anything better, really, that they've had since they were like Cotton bowl contenders back during the thirties.
2: That's exactly it. So yeah, no, like that's exactly it. If they shift their expectations a little bit, then it's perfect, but I feel like AM has a little bit more realism about who they are in the game than Texas has. So I think they're fine in terms of like underachieving versus Texas where they'll just throw in a sinkhole of money and not realize that they themselves are the problem and that money can't necessarily fix everything, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, especially with Texas, you talked about. AM fans, normal, but Texas fans, we, we kind of clown them every year for the whole Texas is back thing. Oh, Sam Ellinger, he's, Shout he's out that Adam. guy. Shout sorry, out, Adam. Uh, we love Texas on this podcast, but we also need to be real for a few minutes. But it, it always seems like they try and turn nothing into everything. Quinn Ewers, very talented guy, but he's never thrown a pass in college football. He looked good in spring ball, but we haven't seen anything on a field of play that actually matters it matters to your record so is texas back possibly but it's not a for sure thing we can't say that every year expecting it because then you're setting yourself up for disappointment which texas fans are used to at this point sorry but you know i'm right they remind
2: me of another team that's in orange but their fan base like it's also lower standards but also gets disappointed talking about Tennessee. i was going to talk about tennessee but Syracuse, they don't expect much nowadays, man.
1: They just I, want that trolling. I, just, I just want to make yeah. fun of Otto. I just want to make fun of, Otto <laughs> of the orange, to be honest.
0: That dumb Otto's God. a
1: gentleman.
0: He's Fuck. a general orange. Yes. Gentle fruit.
1: I feel like with Tennessee now, I think I think a lot of fan bases, like, I think a lot of Tennessee's fans, I just feel like once they realize, they're like, oh, this. I feel like it's just a matter of like, you know, Tennessee can start off hot. They could have, like, a good start to the season. They're up like this. And then once they realize that they suck, it's like, oh, yeah, we suck again. I just feel like that's the end. Yeah, no, they have a now.
2: realization. But, like, I like the trajectory that the Volunteers are going in under Hypel. Um, I think that – because I do think Florida's is going to take a step back for a few years. It would be them and Kentucky battling for second because, let's be honest, you nobody's know, catching my dogs. But – um, sorry, shout-out national champions. Uh beside the point. Uh yeah. So Tennessee, like if things breaking well, let me actually see their schedule. Sorry, guys, I don't really do research while I'm here. I just talk because I know I was looking at a
1: about.
0: few I was looking at a few days ago. It looks there's a
1: belief that Tennessee could go undefeated going into the third Saturday of October, which I think it's likely. Good. Yeah, it is Yeah. Likely.
2: So like their schedule sets up well. The issue is that they usually they have a guaranteed loss to two law. Oh never mind, if they face pit at pit.
1: Um. Oh, and LSU this year. Okay, at LSU.
2: This is not okay. This is not great. To be
1: fair, I mean, I don't, I don't think we should put all of our A's in the basket in terms of like an LSU home game because that's not or really. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Pitt's going to be. I mean, there's no, there's no Addison. Obviously, Pickett's in the NFL now. Yeah. I don't and know. Whipple went to
2: Nebraska, so
1: I don't know what we're going to expect from Pitt going to the season. I mean, I wouldn't put them at a top twenty-five. In terms of right
2: now, maybe 25th spot. I mean, I like their schedule the following year, like, a lot better because their main – because 2023, their main non-conference, like, out of conference game is Virginia, and then their cross-rival is AM that they have at home. And with the way Tennessee's recruiting and they- they've developed a lot of talent year one, I think that they could do that. Because like, a lot of their games are at home, not on the road. Like, if they weren't on the road, then I value a lot of home field
1: advantage. Okay. I'm going to say this. Okay. Ceiling for Tennessee going into this season, their ceiling, I think it's 10 and 2. Is that fair? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to say that their floor is 6 and 6.
0: I'd eh. err on the caution of 7 and 5, but.
1: Yeah. I honestly think that they'll win eight games this year.
0: Not including the game.
1: I'll say not. I'll say, I'll say they go 9 and 3. I think they'll beat LSU, but I think they're going to lose to Bama, Georgia, and Kentucky.
0: Okay. Fair. Fair. I'm also just not 100% on the whole Will Levis hype train.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you, Wilson.
0: I'm not really on that hype train. I mean, it's just but, a matter of, like, hey,
1: he was good last season, but that's like, well, when we start seeing, like, number one overall pick for 2023, I'm like, oh, my goodness, where the hell you know, does this come You
2: got to stick with the classics, man. You got to stick with Bryce and CJ and don't really overthink those two.
0: CJ over-, over Bryce.
2: I don't have an order for those two. I just want them to be eagles at this point. Um, yeah, don't overthink those two.
0: Anything after that, you'll be fine. Yeah.
1: All right. All right but, come on, Andrew. You, you got to give us a team.
0: Uh, well, it's, sorry you guys have been talking a lot. Uh, kidding. Sorry. But we're about to cut it, you off again. Cut me off! I dare you. Uh, kick me from this call. But I, I do want to talk about Nebraska, just because such Sorry, a sorry but also not sorry because I hate Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, big money, historic program, probably the most loyal fan base, easily the best traveling fan base in Some all racist of
1: them. people too. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh, so I talked to. I talked to some and my gosh, they they were nothing but cordial. You think there's Minnesota nice, there's also Nebraska Corn Husker traveling fan nice. So that was a little breath of air that was refreshing after having Ohio State fans Corn yelling air. at me. Corn air. That's a I'm gonna use that. But Nebraska has the big money, the fan base, the program. They're not really the top of the recruiting. Obviously, they're not gonna beat out any of the teams in the Big Ten East because they're in the Big Ten West, and Big Ten West is not great, but I feel like they just should always be better than what they are, especially with Scott Frost. Scott Frost was brought in as a, not going to say he won the national championship, but people talk about how they were undefeated. But since he's been there, he's done nothing to that team. He's made it worse. They haven't been to a single bowl game. They're coming off a three and nine season. And I don't care how many times they lose by one possession. Losing by one possession is the same as losing by 60 because you still lost.
2: Like Nebraska had so many things going for them in the seventies onward that just doesn't work in today's game and they can't get that to work for them in 2022 Like partial qualifiers aren't a thing anymore. That also kind of hurt Kansas state, but Kansas state also relied a lot on Juco's and you saw them fall off after a while. Um, like, you see these programs like Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas State, where they kind of recruit like, differently than others, mainly because they're at least geographically limited outside of Colorado. They, their fall-off is just a lot more Bill McCartney leaving than anything. But, um, yeah, but, like, the option done and dusted. The steroids everybody caught up because they were droid users let's be honest Ben. if you commanded college like six, eight, two hundred and forty, you on gas um but like i don't think that they're underachieving in terms of what they are what they now
1: bring, in terms of what they bring
2: in i mean what they bring like in terms of like what they spend it yes they do but like in terms of like
1: i'm talking recruiting and more likely.
2: Oh, recruiting, no. They don't underachieve when it comes to recruiting. No. But, like, in terms of historically, yes. But, like, where they are stationed now, Big Ten West, they're not really underachievers. They're just – they're a fallen program, and they can't get up. Life will not save them. So.
1: It's one of those programs where if you're going to try and sell any, you're going to sell it on its history. You can't sell exactly. out what it is. You can't sell it on what it is now. That's the big thing, the second biggest thing, and I really hate to say this. I don't want to insult the people in Nebraska when I say this, but right now I'm going a little bit back with what I said with Andrew Wilson in our mailbag video. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, It's the Big Ten West brand of football. It's boring. It's not exciting. It's literally just farmer's boy throw the hay type football. That's literally all it is. The yards in a cloud of dust you cannot sell me to move to Lincoln Nebraska because here's the thing if you're being recruited by Nebraska chances are you're also being recruited by like some Minnesota and Wisconsin I'm sorry I'd rather go to Minnes- I'd rather go to Minneapolis or Madison than Lincoln I'd rather go to northwestern like I'd rather like Evanston is at least a, a really really nice part of Chicago I'd rather go to Evanston than Lincoln you know it, it's just one of those things it's like I look at like what I would get in Lincoln, Nebraska, compared to like what I would get in other Big Ten West cities, and I'm just and I, I'm just gonna look at Lincoln, Nebraska, and just be like, you haven't done anything in five years, you know, since Frost been there. You essentially live in no man's land because because Lincoln's not even close to like a Chicago or a Minneapolis. What what can you sell? What what can you sell an eighteen year old or a twenty year old transfer to go to Lincoln over the likes of a Madison Minneapolis or you know uh, uh, you know even Michigan they they like a lot they like a lot of trench guys you know you can't sell me on Lincoln over Ann Arbor
0: yeah uh, as as much as I hate. Nebraska. I I don't know. It's like, I think just over the past few years, they've been more complacent with having a coach that, you know, apparently everyone loves except for his on the field products. That sucks, but they're just complacent with where they're at right now, which isn't good. They're complacent with being one of the worst teams in a division that is known for not being great because it has teams like Northwestern that are very inconsistent uh, teams like Illinois who are disgusting to watch teams like, I mean, Iowa went to the citrus bowl, but we all hate watching them because their style of football is disgusting. I mean, watching Ferentz offense is going to make me puke, but Nebraska should have some sort of an advantage, right? Like no. they, 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 they just have nothing right now. Cause we, we talk about Nebraska with uh, their location. Uh, I was not a great location and well, their coast not- big
2: city is kansas city
0: that's not really a massive
2: exactly it's almost 200 it's 150 miles away which is saying something they ain't
0: shit there but the thing is we have we can have that same discussion with iowa i feel but iowa well, is a great team thing.
1: iowa makes bowl games they, they make bowl games they exactly they make they make big 10 title games like I think the thing with Iowa is they at least have at least somewhat continued success where we look at Nebraska and it's like, it's easier to go to Iowa city than Lincoln right now, or easy to go to Iowa over Nebraska, because at least you know what you're going to get at Iowa. At least you know that you're, Hey, look, you know, we know that, that they're going to run the ball. We know that the quarterback's going to be disgusting. It's, it's it's very, you know, it's, if you're an offensive lineman, was probably a dream school because that's the best oh, opportunity yeah. you're going to get to develop to the next level. But in terms of Nebraska, I feel like with Adrian Martinez, I mean, now he's at Kansas State now, but it's like whenever he was there, it's like I feel like they're trying to force, like, you know, a dual threat quarterback. But it's like in terms of Big Ten West style of play, it just does not work.
2: If you don't have an international airport within your state, that's a small estate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because Iowa, Des Moines is an international airport, which confuses me, but that's a different story for a different day. And Des Moines is like 40 minutes outside of Iowa City. So,
1: yeah. And Des Moines is not even that far away from Chicago either, to be honest. True. I mean, I know, it but, don't, I know it don't matter, but it's like at least it's easy to at least it's easy to drive there. It's easier to drive to Des Moines than it is to, to Lincoln.
0: Yeah, uh, I I just think Nebraska needs to embrace what they are right now. Like they're they're trying to be what they used to be, which is not feasible in this college football era and the division that they're in, especially and the type of recruits they're going to get. They need to embrace the style of football that the division that they're in plays: ground and pound, win on defense. Minnesota's done that. Wisconsin's done that. Iowa's done that. Maybe not not the extent of Minnesota, but Wisconsin and Iowa are the main two teams. But Nebraska tries to be this team that they're not anymore, and they can't be in this division because it doesn't work. So maybe if they realize that this is their current reality and not 20 years ago when they were looking at national titles, now look and say, okay, instead of national titles, let's look trying to do something in the Big Ten because they haven't done anything for the last five, six years with Scott Frost, which by the way, going back to the complacency thing, they're just complacent with him. I don't know why he still has a job there. makes no sense. We done? Yeah, I need to just get my weekly Scott Frost rant in there because he is an awful coach. But uh, Doug, do you have anything else to add? Uh, Final words? No. Um, Great final words from Doug. Uh, Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Appreciate everyone for watching. Follow us all on Twitter, T-Portal CFB. Maybe the dead period of college football, but content will never be dead. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.